Welcome to Live to Grind. My name is Brennan C. Adams, serial entrepreneur, inventor, TV creator, and speaker, passionate about helping others create something great and become unforgettable. Join me each week to discuss practical ways to help you increase your income and impact as an influencer in your industry. My goal is to help you take your business and lifestyle to the next level. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the Live to Grind podcast show. I'm Brendan C. Adams, and on today's show, we have Stephen Christopher with Sequis. Stephen was on the show about a year ago, and actually, funny enough, we Samantha and I are in Denver right now, and we we actually are staying with Stephen. He had great host so far, and well, great host the whole time, just like phenomenal here. And uh, we got to have some drinks with him there night, him and his wife, Samantha and I, and we uh, we sat down, we got talking business, and really to see how far he's come in the past year is phenomenal. It's cool to see how much he's grown. And I'm like, I got to have you back on the show to talk about how you're building a tribe with your company, how much you are scaling and you're growing now. You're at, you've doubled employees. You're looking, he's looking to do in the next couple of years, jump to 35 employees, what he's doing with his marketing company and just share some more advice on everything he's learned from scaling, working with people and how to build that community that believes in your vision and is in for the long haul. Because that one thing it goes back to, you know, a lot of people are in for the quick buck, but I'm all about investing for the long term and actually growing a real sustainable company. And that's something he's doing right now. And in the online world, there's a lot of people that are just doing it for the moment. They're making money. But when the storm comes, which it will, and we talk about this, when the economy hits a shitter like it did in 2008, we will be ready, but some people that are just living in the moment, it, it's going to kill them. So we go a lot into that. We talk about marketing. We talk about SEO. We talk about website conversion. We talk about some of our best advice from mentors. And again, just building that tribe and community. Some great advice from people that are looking to scale their business or just get into business. You're going to love this show. I really loved it. You know, it's uh, it's cool to collaborate with somebody that's like-minded and to see the journey he's gone. He's got 10 years on me. He's experienced a lot more than me. But to learn from somebody like that, you need to have mentors in your life. And I'm, I'm just glad to have Steven as somebody that's in my corner as well. By the way, before we get jumping in this show here, we have the premiere. So this airing here Thursday now, the premiere for Thinking Rich of the Legacy is, well, this weekend. October 14th, Saturday, October 14th, downtown LA. We have celebrities, we have the whole cast and crew, like everybody's gonna be there. Literally the top influencers in the world will be at this event. And my girlfriend, I'll be there, the whole team, the whole Acceler Media Group. So if you wanna come hang out, come say hi, get your tickets, just go to tgrmovie.com. That's www.tgrmovie.com. And uh, get your tickets. Get a VIP if you want to go to the after party. You can come see the release premiere of Think and Rich, The Legacy. I am so excited. This has been a project we're working on for 16 months now. And the team has been working on it for almost three years. We're finally going to be bringing this to the masses. And hopefully I think Stephen might even be hanging out and coming as well. So let's jump right in the show with Stephen Christopher. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Live to Grind podcast show. I'm Brennan C. Adams, and today we have a returning guest. We have Stephen Christopher. Yeah. How you doing, man? What's up, brother? Doing Dude, great, it's man. been... 
I was driving here from Omaha and I'm like, man, I'm going to be seeing Steven. It's been a year now. So I listened to our podcast show. I'm like, I wonder what's happened since then. Like, yeah, what, what's happened in your life over the past year? Dude, I mean, yeah, in the last year, all kinds of things <laughs> happened. Like, it's you got engaged, you, got, yeah, you got, got married. I got engaged, which actually was funny because you mentioned when you got here uh, the other day, you're like, you alluded to that on my show last year. And so my, my now wife didn't even know. She, I hadn't even proposed to her yet. And yeah. It was already out there. And she, you know, hadn't listened to the podcast yet or hadn't aired yet. So yeah. she didn't know. But uh, yeah, so I got engaged uh, last September. Um, Congrats. Got married. Thank yeah. you. Got She's married awesome. in May. Um, and just have been crushing it in the business side of things. I mean, you know, just really, uh, really pushing hard to grow. 2017 was a build year for us, an yeah. internal build year for us. So a lot of stuff around culture, team, structure, processes, systems, yeah. um, really honing in our craft. And then 2018 is going to be a huge scale year for us. So it, when we interviewed, it was August of 2016. Mm-hmm. How many employees did you have? So we had probably about six or seven at that time. Okay. And what do you have now? Probably 14, 15. 14 people. Yeah. So talk about that because I know a lot of entrepreneurs, they wonder what is that scale process mm-hmm. like? A lot of people wonder, how do I go from six figures to seven? Or how do I go from five employees to 10? What's it like to scale the business and how do you get more customers on board? Yeah. I mean, so, so many people think scale is about the customer side, right? Like sales and acquiring customers. And and I used to think that too in my last business. And what I've come to realize is that's actually like second, third or fourth in the process of scale. Scale is so much more, scale should be so much more focused on the people, your culture, you know, who are you as a company? What's your internal, what's your core values? What's your internal brand voice? Like why do people work there and getting them on board with those types of things and having them help create that culture? Because then when you start to scale now, you're not messing up. You're not, you know, you have the right team on board. Exactly. And uh, like I said, I learned, I've learned this lesson through learning it the opposite way first. And the sales part is relatively easy. If you, if you have a team of people that really believes in what they do and is really pushing towards that, you know, whatever that goal is, if it's revenue, number of clients, I mean, um, I would recommend a vivid vision, which is three years. I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't know if you know, Cameron Harold, he kind of came up with this and, uh, he's a guy that grew one, 800 got junk from like 2 million to 140 million. Oh, wow. Three years. Yes. And, uh, he, uh, he does this thing called a painted vision or a vivid vision. And it's a three year vision of where you're going. And we get, you know, everybody internally is on board with it. All of our clients see it, all of our new staff sees it. And so, I'm going with that is when you get everybody internally aligned on where you're going and you have really good processes and stuff set up, the sales part is easy. I mean, we have, you know, Facebook ads and, and I mean, Instagram live now and all these ways Everything to connect. Everything is in place. Yeah. Yeah. We, it, it's easy. It's easy to connect with your ideal client when your internal message and your actual offering is unbelievable and it truly is the best. And so that's, that's what we've been focused on as far as scale goes. So the thing I'm wondering, and most people, how do you find the right people for your culture? How do you find the people that believe in the vision and mm-hmm. are on board for that three years? Because a lot of people, they might be there three, four, five months, mm-hmm. and then they just kind of they go on their way. Yeah. So different people on my team will, will have different answers, right? Mm-hmm. And so but I love people. So I tend to fire a little slower than I should. Uh, I like to hire I, – I tend to hire a little faster than I probably should. But – what I've found over the years is that you can take somebody who is 
an amazing person, like an amazing employee or somebody that would be great in your company, and you can, t- and you can put them in an environment that has a really shitty culture, um, and they do, they do poorly. Like they act so much differently over there. So like they don't have good customer service. They don't really care about the company, but you can take them and put them in an amazing environment and they thrive. Just it's crazy. And so what I'm getting at is that there's a lot of people out there that are amazing. It's just, they're not amazing in the, in the position or the job that they're in. So it, to me, it's way more about the culture that you've created and then putting people into that culture and they will do amazing things as long as you get somebody that's like halfway driven. Yeah. Um, and if you have a culture that's always about growth and scale and like pushing really hard, nobody wants to be left behind. So they're willing to push a lot harder when you get them in. People want to be a part of something. Yeah. So how do you, in, as the founder, CEO, how do you incentivize them? Is it through like fun little rewards along the way, mm-hmm. commissions? Like how do you get them to be more like grind and we're a part of this? Um, it's, it's the vision. It's where we're going. And and that's it. Like I used to think it was, Oh, we got to pay a little bit more. We got to pay commission and money doesn't always matter with it. No, it doesn't. And you know, there is a point at which like money becomes less of a concern, you know, that I don't know, like 40, 50, 60,000 range. Like, you know, people stop worrying as much about money because they can go to the gas pump at any point in the month and fill up their car. (laughs) So we try to solve problems like that. Um, you know, if somebody's having a, a down month, like we'll we'll pay for some of their gas, or you know, we'll pay for like some stuff. Like family, like yeah, exactly. And um, but people are willing to work hard if they believe in the cause. I mean, especially like younger generation. I mean, you know, like we were talking about yesterday, millennials. I mean, I'm I might be the oldest millennial, You're millennial. right? Like 1980, uh, and. And, you know, and I'm not incentivized by money. And I used to think that I was, and when I would get some, I would get a certain income level or a certain new thing, I'd, I'd be like, oh, well, that's, that's cool for like a week. And then I'd be bored again. And a few years ago, I realized it's, it, it truly isn't about that. And so it's getting people on board and getting people to buy into your vision or people that are willing to buy into that vision and they'll do, then they'll do anything. I can totally relate because when I first started, and I don't know how – I know you will go into some of your stories from different companies. <laughs> <laughs> we had fun drinks Saturday with margaritas. But no, I look at – when I first started, I couldn't pay people. Mm-hmm. And it was more of, hey, if you do this, you believe in the vision, we'll take you along the way. And then we started making money. Yeah. And it wasn't so much that they, they believed in me. They believed in the vision and where we were going. And they believed, yes, eventually the money would come, mm-hmm. which it did, but it's believing something bigger. So for you, what what is your vision? Where do you where does the team want to go? Yeah, I mean, so specific for Sequest for my digital marketing yeah. company, our vision is essentially to be the best digital marketing company for the home services industry. So that's like, you know, big plumbing, heating, yeah. um, electricians, those types of companies. And that so everything that we do internally is focused around that. Like the way that we build websites and the research that we do is all focused on that very specific industry. Um, and so you have one niche. There's nothing yeah, else. You, you're known for one thing. You don't take on clients that are in a different industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll take the we don't market to any other industries. We don't talk to any other industries right now. So that's the only industry that we talk to, you know, actively seeking clients. And there's some things that are in alignment with that industry, like other local companies. Yeah. We work with some big chiropractor, private, private medical, but only because all of the things we know about, or all the things that we're great at 
fit into those similar types of businesses. So what is, you're looking to be the best, who's considered the best now or the most known company in this industry? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple that that used to be the best, and I think that they didn't change, they didn't, um, they didn't grow, and so now they're starting to feel that pain. I see a couple of those owners stepping back into the company, like they got comfortable, they're like, oh yeah, like company's doing well, we're they're the best adapting, one in the industry. Yeah. And I, I, I'm watching those owners step back in like, oh, crap. Like We have to make change fast. Yeah, exactly. And so, and they are. And that's great. Like, you know, good competition is awesome. Yeah. Um, we, I truly believe that we're already the best based on our results. I mean, based on everybody that we take clients from, our results are better. Uh, we're just not the most well-known. And so that's what that 2018 year is going to be all about. So what are you doing to become the most well-known? Um, value, just giving free value. Like it's funny. We were talking, you know, the other day when you got here is when we put out content, right? Like everybody always tells you like, Oh, you got to have like, what's your call to action? Like what's this? And I used to do a lot of Facebook live videos when it started and everybody's like, Oh, what got to put a call to action, got to put a call to a call to action. And I hated it. Like I would say something at the end, like, Oh yeah, go here, visit this website. (laughs) And like, it just, you want to feel salesy. Yeah. Yeah. It sucked. And so what I've realized now is that um, just do myself. And that's, I love to do like, this is fun. Like I have zero, uh, this, this does nothing for me like business wise. Right. Or, you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. I have no agenda whatsoever. Like I don't have anything that I'm going to give away for free or yeah. any of that stuff. So I'm, it's just pure awesome. value. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I've watched is I've watched other people like, you know, like Gary Vaynerchuk and stuff. I mean, that's the model that they went down. Like, I don't care about the resu- the ROI on giving value, it will come. So if we give away all of our best stuff and educate people, then we're going to grow. And so using platforms like Instagram live, which we're trying today, I mean, uh, Facebook live Live? podcast, I mean, it's crazy. Um, so using all of those types of platforms that are available today to add value, just, yeah, just to add value and connect. I mean, it blows my mind. People are like, Oh, like I don't know where to find my clients have you heard of Facebook? <laughs> like <laughs> all of your clients are on Facebook. I mean, unless you're like a, you know, yeah. 13 to 21 year old girl, like then, you know, go to uh, Snapchat and stuff like that. Um, but our market or our ideal clients are on all these platforms. Just go find them and talk to them. So let's talk about the, we, we talked about this a little bit last year when you came on the show about what you guys do. So mm-hmm. SEO with website conversions, everything. Yeah. So let's say I am a, I own a plumbing company. Yep. And I want to hire you. And let's say I'm going to give you a budget, I don't know, um, 10000 a month. Yeah. And what would you do for me to help, obviously, help me grow my company? Talk about the, all the services and what yeah. that looks like. So the basics, you know, starting with a website that actually builds trust with your brand when people visit it, you know, not just like this conversion-focused website where it's like, all right, we only want you to do this. People for people miss that step. They're like they want to build a website that only converts, but they miss step number one, which is you have to build trust within the brand in order to get somebody to convert. So, so how would you do that? I mean, we're all human, right? So if you're if you own a plumbing company and somebody comes to your site, you want to first you got to know who your ideal client is, right? Like if your ideal client is a forty to forty five year old. Uh, mother of two kids with an average household income of a hundred thousand a year, which most people that have been been in business for a few years, they know that, or they can get that out of their database. So now you just have to speak to her. You, um, you know, a mother of two kids is not going to want to see, you know, a bunch of techie 
stuff and really cool flashy websites. Like she, you know, she wants to see something that's a little soft, a little family oriented, um, and then is easy to navigate. So if she wants to find out more information about who you are, put some, put some good trust building things further down the page, you know, like trusted in over a hundred thousand homes in Boise, Idaho for, you know, over the last two decades, like build the trust with just what you have. And if you're, if you're new, if you've only been around for four years, like, okay, cool. Like, what are you the best at? Like, what's your North star? What are you going to for a focus on the part that's obviously you're known for the best area? Yeah. Like, and it's, it's, it keeps going back to this, like trust building and brand, as opposed to being salesy, nobody wants to be sold and people are becoming more aware of being sold on places like Facebook and Instagram and even, you know, website and pay-per-click and SEO. So just be, be yourself, figure out who you are as a company and a brand and what you're amazing at and why you're doing what you're doing and talk about it like a human. So you talk about that on the website, you build the trust and then what's the next step? How do you get people to the site? Yeah. So, uh, so we still do, we still have good results with SEO. Um, who knows what's going to happen to SEO in the next five years or 10 years with all the paid stuff going on. So SEO is still a very good value generator for our clients, uh, you know, ranking at the top of Google, ranking at the top of Google maps. Uh, that's still a huge piece of what we do. And then we do a lot of, uh, Google AdWords, Bing AdWords. So pay-per-click marketing, that's the stuff that comes yeah. you know, up above the maps, above the fold, um, or above the organic results is paid. It says, you know, add next to it. So like, uh, Let's say I'm looking for a plumber in Denver. Mm-hmm. So when you type in plumber Denver, then you try to help your client spot basically come to the top of the feed. Yeah. Yeah. So we would do, so Google AdWords, we would, we would show up at the very, very top yeah. and then we'd get them to show up in maps, focus, have them focus on getting really good reviews so that now if you show up in those first three uh, map listings or the local pack, yeah. now you got, you know, 150 reviews. Whereas your next competitor has 30 reviews and maybe a much lower star. So you're working with them to actually get reviews. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's big because people, I see all the time when you see the bad reviews, like, oh, the worst experience. Mm -hmm. Instantly, I'm like, I don't know if I want to, for hotels, I see. Maybe I don't want to go there. But if you see the good stuff, obviously that helps you. Yeah, I mean, people are, nowadays people are making decisions before they ever go to your actual website. And so we try to make, we try to help people make that decision before they ever even get to the website. So, I mean, if we can get somebody to call from Google directly without even the website. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, you know, it kind of sucks for like SEO and for potentially for the client, like we Mm -hmm. don't get that data, but Hey, I mean, they're going to make a decision before they get to somebody's site. It might as well be our client's company. So for you, where do the majority of your clients, let's say the plumber, the chiropractor, whoever, where do they find you? From doing the, the SEO and doing yeah. like your own stuff that you, you well, do for your clients? Well, so actually we're <laughs> terrible at SEO. We're terrible at doing our own SEO. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, you're great I at doing it for Yeah, clients. I shouldn't say we're terrible at yeah. SEO. We're terrible at doing it for ourselves. It's just yeah. like a lot of things, right? I mean, you know, the guy that's out building beautiful homes like has some And then he goes and do it himself. He house. doesn't yeah. focus, yeah. Um, so we're not as great at it. But most of where we get our, it's referrals. It's word of mouth. I mean, it's. Other plumbers go out and search like in a different market. They're like, all right, you know, like plumber uh, Brooklyn, they see who shows up. It's our client. And then they can find, you know, they find our tag on the site and then they come back to us and they're like, well, obviously you're doing a good job. So then, so the success shows itself. I mean, after you have, how many clients do you have like right now? In this industry. So we've only been focused in this industry for about two years or a year and a half of growing it. So about 50. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we're exclusive. So we only, you know, we take one client in one city. 
we won't take multiple because then we're competing against ourselves. Oh, okay. So we want to work with the best. So you have them all over the country. Oh yeah. We're, we actually, we have like our fewest number of clients in Colorado. Wow. Yeah. So where's your most in the country? What state? California, um, like, like East coast, you know, like New Jersey, Massachusetts up in that area. What about international? Do you have, yeah, we have a couple of clients in Australia and then that's a, that's a big market that we're focused on because they're about a year or two behind where we are. Yeah. And so we can kind of see the future of what's happening. So it's just a play of what do we do now? Like what's their market ready for? Cause we know where it's going, but what are they ready for today? What are consumers willing to consume? So let's go back to your vision. So you're at 14 employees. Yeah. We were talking, you said you wanted to get to 35 employees yep. and really scale. What do you have to do in the next few years to get to that point? It's, it's culture. Culture in our team is the biggest thing. So if we, if, if we continue to do what we're doing by building an amazing culture and having you know these brand advocates internally for us, then they're going to continue to learn and grow and do an even more amazing job for our clients. So just following like our core values, I mean, one of our core values is create an epic experience always. One is do what's right. One is ask a better question. So when, you know, when we build a new website, we're like, okay, is that the best website that we've ever built? Because every website we build should be the best website we've ever built. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's the biggest thing we're doing. I mean, there's some structural things you have to do like, okay, you know, how do you, how do you manage your processes and systems? Um, what's your project management software? Is everybody trained on, is everybody on board? But really it's, it's a lot of talking about like core values and empowering the people to make the best decision that they're able to do. And if not, they come back and make and, and ask a question. They're, so you're creating an atmosphere. That's not like a corporate setting. Yeah. We were talking about corporate settings and how <laughs> it's really cutthroat. And I feel like when I worked in corporate, it felt like I was in high school again, the drama and everybody's like kind of against each other, cutthroat. And that's not going to work moving mm. forward. And what you're doing is you're creating a community. It's like a family that they together, you guys have a vision and you want to accomplish it together. Yeah. And I truly believe if, if corporate doesn't do that moving forward, they're going to fall behind. Oh yeah. They're, they're screwed. And giving, giving your employee employees more freedom to kind of like work freely in, in their own way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's safety. We've built safety. And so people know that they can push the boundaries and if they mess up and fail at something, that's okay. As long as they did it with the best intent for our clients yeah. and alignment with our core values and the best that they thought was going to, you know, the best idea that they thought was going to work. Awesome. Because we didn't actually fail. We just recognized that that didn't really work and we learned that. So we learned that that doesn't work and then we can go a different direction. So let's talk about, you've had a few companies before. Yeah. I love because you weren't always an entrepreneur. Yeah. Like you, you had done the broker, was it real estate? I did mortgage company, mortgage company. <laughs> and then you worked at a bar. You were like working bartending. Yeah. You've done different things and you thought maybe, I don't know if entrepreneurship is for me, mm -hmm. but now I'm in your full-time entrepreneur. Talk about some of the first couple companies that you had and just some of the obstacles working with whether a partner or the employees oh, geez, and man. how, because, you know, I think about this. There's constant, if, if you have a company that has even five, 10 employees, there's going to be issues. Yeah. There's going to be talks you do not want to have, but you have to deal. It's like you, 
you hire fast and fire quicker. Is that yeah. how it goes? Yeah. Yeah. So talk about some experiences that people can really take away yeah. so they understand they don't have to go through the same shit. Yeah. I mean, like going back to the mortgage company, right? Yeah. 2005, 2004, 2005 till 2008 when what a surprise it crashed and burned, yeah. like, you know, in debt, no money, couldn't pay rent, couldn't, you know, kept my car in the garage. So it didn't get repoed. Um, looking back at all of that stuff, like, it, it, like we talked about it the other night at dinner, right? So like the mortgage company for me in like Oh five, Oh six, so seven, like in that time is what I kind of see a lot of people doing right now that have never been through a downturn in the economy because I was like, Oh, this business stuff is easy. Like owning a company is simple. Like there's money everywhere. It's, it's not simple. always that way. It's going to fluctuate. Yeah. And so I'm so glad that that happened early in my career. So a lot of the people that are going to get burned when whatever the economy does, whatever it's going to do in a not so positive way in the near future, uh, those are going to be some of the best lessons that ever that anybody ever learns. And it's going to weed out the people that aren't actual entrepreneurs. And you know, it's going to it's going to do a lot of good for things. people like you and I. It's actually an advantage, absolutely. Because I look at I love obstacles, and I. I've seen where, oh, the money, and then where there's no money, and uh-huh. it's survival of the fittest. But what happens is if you can learn how to take on, survive that storm mm-hmm. of the low times, when you come back, there's a little competition, and you can really grow. Yeah. Yeah, so so taking that exact advice and just just really paying attention right now, right? Like business is amazing right now, you know, 2017, almost into 2018. Yeah. Like next year, I'm pretty sure it's going to be an awesome year too. Uh but pay attention to building if we didn't have what we have now. So if money, you know, if you had a quarter of the money that you had now, if you had a quarter of the savings, if you had a quarter of the income, like structure a little bit for that. Don't spend a ton of time on it, but just structure a little bit of your company to be, to deal with that. And then you'll be the one that ends on the other side. Like if I had done that with my mortgage company and paid attention to what was coming in the future, failed. no, I would have, I would have pivoted. And just done something a little different in that industry because, you know, 2008, like people still bought homes. I have buddies that did real estate in 2008, 2009, and they killed it. You know, people were still buying stuff. Um, It just wasn't the same people that, you know, were buying incorrectly before that. So prepare for that, you know, prepare for the, for the not so great times. Just spend a little bit of time. You know, ask yourself that question like, okay, if I had a quarter of the income and a quarter of the cash in the bank and a quarter of the new clients, what would that look like for me? And just kind of like be prepared for that. It's, it's some entrepreneurs actually visualize if shit was going to hit the fan. Mm-hmm. And I, I think of right now, Michael Phelps. So when he was, it was 2008, I think when he had, he had won, it was a time where his goggles came undone yeah. and he was like blind and he couldn't, he literally couldn't see, but he kept swimming. He ended up winning. And he had practiced every night before he went to bed, he would visualize his success of, of swimming and the Olympics and everything. But he also had times where he had visualized an obstacle and how he overcame mm-hmm. it. So he prepared himself for if something came and he just knew his protocol. I need to just do this. Yeah. So I think for all entrepreneurs, they need to have that kind of visualization. So what if shit does hit the fan? What if this client does, doesn't go through and something goes wrong, worst case scenario, what will I do? Then you're prepared for it because it, yeah. it's going to happen. Don't be ignorant. Shit is going to hit the fan in the next like three, four years. Something's going to happen. I, I talk with you. I talk with all my mentors. With the value of our dollar, with things changing so fast, mm-hmm. 
It, oh, yeah. It's going to come. The storm's coming. Yeah. I can't wait for it. I'm, I'm, I'm excited because I love the challenge of it. Yeah. I mean, I built, I built, so after the mortgage company, I built my first digital marketing agency and that was in 2009 that started. And so, you know, I built a company in one of the worst economies that we've had in, you know, I don't know how many decades or hundreds of years, but, uh, so I know that I can do that and just, you gotta be ready for it. Having, having that experience. I mean, I think of like Grant Cardone too, when he, Mm -hmm. when the times are tough, he actually came out booming. You look at all these entrepreneurs that went through the same hell, they came out on top when, when it got better, when the economy got better. So I think all entrepreneurs, I mean, starting out, you're going to have failures. So many people are afraid of, if this goes wrong or I lose money, you need to have that happen. Otherwise, if you have success right out of the gates, you're going to take a big slam, Mm -hmm. a huge slam in business. Yeah. I mean, and the funny, it's interesting, right? Like, so I I have a decent idea of who your audience is. And I bet as people sit here and listen to this, there's like, I don't know, some really high number, like let's say 50% of the audience is like, oh, like whatever, like you guys don't know what you're talking about. Like I'm, you know, I'm good, right? Like it'll never change. Um, And I can only say that because that was me. Like I knew, I was like, yeah, I was like, you guys, like I I got this. It still happened. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like I should have listened to just that one or two little bitty things. uh, And it would have... I don't know what would have happened, right? Like, I don't know how it would have changed my life because that, that failure was awesome for me. And you know, it, it made me who I am today. But if I would have just taken a little bit of advice or paid attention a little bit more, I could have recovered faster and then regrew faster. It's, it's like, <laughs> I was sitting with Joel Com last night and he was giving me advice and part of my mind's like, Okay, it's good advice, but I'm still going to do it. Yeah, <laughs> you just sometimes you need to take advice into consideration and maybe tweak it a little bit. But do know, the shit is going to hit the fan. Yeah. Like there's stuff going to be prepared for it, and just know that's going to happen. Yep. So you were talking about. I mean, obviously, entrepreneurs need to prepare for what's to come. Mm-hmm. What would be your advice for, let's say, an entrepreneur? Maybe they're in the process. Maybe they're at multi six figures or about to get seven figures or maybe getting into mm-hmm. that close six figures range. What's your advice to them for what's to come in the future and how to best scale? Yeah. I mean, make sure that, I mean, make sure whatever you're doing is scalable, right? Yeah. Like make sure it's not just something that's working only in today's economy when there's cash everywhere and people are winning, invest in, you know, I don't know, like a coaching company for how to tie your shoes. Like it's crazy <laughs> what people are making money doing right now. So make sure that you're, you know, your end result for what you're actually offering is really, really sound and that people will kind of always want that or some version of it. So it, this is a good time to take a close look at like, what are you actually doing in your business? What are you actually offering? So this, it, it's not about tricking people to buy something or just being really good at mathematical advertising, which there's a lot of those people right now. And those people are just going to get crushed when the economy goes down. So, um, so take a, a good look at what your offerings are and just make sure that, people are really going to want it and you're really actually truly offering value and, and, and find out how can you offer much more value in what you're doing and, and focus on that stuff, focus on the client side of things, because like we talked about in the beginning, the sales part in getting clients is actually relatively easy, especially with all the platforms that we have today. So focus on being the absolute best. And when you, you know, when you look at like, I'm trying to think of like some of the best advice when you're, you know, doing maybe a few hundred thousand about to break into that million range as a company, 
thinking about where are you going to be in three years and building for that. So like when we were, when this, you know, this newer, or when Sequa started three, oh, this is our third full year in business. When we started, we were acting as if we were a 30 person company. Yeah. So like we have really weird, like internal meeting structure. Like we have probably a couple too many like leadership type meetings and stuff like that, but it's because we're acting as though it's a 30 person company. So now as we grow there, you're ready we're for already. It. Yeah. We're it's, and it's already habit. It's you're, already it's ingrained. Like you're, you're practicing, visualizing yeah. it and you become it. Yeah. We, Cause it's going to happen. Exactly. So, uh, I, I highly recommend everybody does a vivid vision. Um, I mean, what is that three year plan? And then, so now every week I reread that plan, it's hanging in our office. We have a little whiteboard where people can like actually write like what their favorite part of the vision is. So now we're getting everybody involved and engaged in it. So know where, where it is that you're going so that you can build whatever those processes and systems and prep for the staff that you're going to need when you actually scale. Because I promise you, sales is not the biggest problem as far as scaling a business. It's being able to bring in a lot of sales and and, and keep that Handle consistency it. of being the best, right? Like whatever amazing product and service you offer, being it's able called to do a control that. over that. I mean, because yeah. once you get so many people in, it gets more hectic. Yeah. And if you don't have the right team on board, you're going to lack in certain areas. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean. Like in, in the in the industry that we market to right now, like plumbing, right? So there's tons of people going into home service, right? I mean there's if you if you really think about it, like I was it blew my mind when we got into this. Like we got a couple clients and I was like, all right, like that's cute, you know, we work with some plumbers. And then I really started to think about it, like think about every home in your neighborhood. Like everybody has plumbing. Everybody's got some sort of an HVAC unit, right? Like every home that you drive by. So I was like, Oh wow, this is like way bigger than I ever would have imagined. Um, but their biggest problem right now is not getting customers. So it's, it's really almost not even like exactly what we do for them. It's finding quality people. So they're all out there building different types of training platforms now, as opposed to just figuring out how to get more customers in the door. So, I mean, it's a great, it's a great industry to look at as far as like good, uh, good structure for building for the future. I really can relate to this because I'm in the process of bringing more people on and as we get more customers and more tractions coming, it's like juggling all this. And then some of it's still unknown. Like we're taking on things and we've done before, but then, okay, we find out, well, they need more of this. So we need to cater to that. So it's kind of a experimental learning process, but I do understand the fact you need a system and a team because especially where I'm at, which is a fun stage of the business. Mm -hmm. It's, it can be hectic, and I'm like, oh, we got to make sure we have the best on the team because if we don't, one person falls, the rest will. Yeah. And what's the old saying? Your, your least productive employee, that you're just as good as them? Yeah. I mean, literally, your lowest link. That's why you need everybody to be on the same page. Yep. Yeah, when you build, like, you know, we don't have a team, we have a tribe. And, you know, it's tribe, kind of a tri- yes, I love that. It's, it's so- a trendy word, right? Like, even when we built it in, like, um, to our core values, we went from team to tribe and we were like, ah, oh, like, are we just being cliche? Cause it's a cool word right now. And then we started reading like the definition of tribe. Um, you know, we'll do anything to protect each other. We'll do anything to protect the, uh, you know, the rest of the tribe, the individuals of the tribe will lift them up no matter what. And if somebody violates our, the, our core values, then they're, they're fucking out of the tribe. And, and that's true. I mean, our tribe will oust somebody really, really quick. It's like, I love what, uh, Russell Brunson's doing 
with ClickFunnels. Yeah. He clearly states his tribe, and they have like their whole thing in their show they created, like their whole what's that thing called? It's like a page of everything you believe in and your your morals, everything. Yeah. They have it in the intro of the show, and that's what they live off of. And they say every tribe has their enemy. Their enemy is uh-huh. a corporate. Yeah. So it's like having this team structure, almost like a cult. It is. I mean, people hear the word cult and they think of bad things. But when you can create a, a, a atmosphere where they're all like legitly, insanely believing in this vision, and if you're not a part, like you said, if you're not a part of this tribe, then get out. Yeah. This is us. This is what our vision is. Yeah. I mean, it. it I'm tr- I'm drilling this point in. I don't really know why. Like it just feels right to drill it in. But so you, you know, you mentioned like ClickFunnels and Russell, and so. <clears throat> They didn't. They weren't all about like just about sales. Like think about how they grew ClickFunnels. I mean, it's it's ridiculous how big that company is and how fast it grew. But it wasn't about driving. No investors. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't about just driving business through the door. Look at how they built it. And so, I keep reiterating this point because. At least I know that I was the guy. I was the kid that was like, "Oh yeah, like what? Like I got this. I don't need to learn your lesson. You know, I don't need to listen to you as much as I should have." So this culture and this team piece is so important, um, especially now with like a lot of the younger workforce. That's what they want to be a part of, and they'll do anything, man. Like when the economy tanks, there's going to be people working for free. There's going to be people like you know groups of people sleeping at the office. They're like, dude, I'm not going to quit. Like I'm I'm in this. Like we will fix this. We will figure out a way because they built that yeah. tribe, and then they're just going to crush it. The people that did it for money, they're going to scatter like flies. Oh yeah. It's just like the mortgage industry was like, I mean, I remember I had friends that were doing like half a million a year as just like a, a loan officer, like just selling, like individually selling mortgages, doing half a million a year. And when that shut off, they were all, like, where's all those people now? Like they're, they're, they're the ones that are doing like the next thing of, you know, how do you make half a million dollars a year right now in this market? I mean, you know, whatever it is that they're hawking and then they're going to fail and they're going to lose all that money and then they're going to do whatever the next thing is. Like they're not actually building They're anything. not building something. No. I, I like – I'm all about investing in the future. That's why creating so much video content just because of what I do. It's investing in the best of the cameras, investing in the, the trips to meet with the people and create the best content because I know over time I'm going to continuously grow my brand with that. Mm-hmm. And I mean – what I get, a large percentage of our revenue goes back in awesome. because I'm in for the long run. I never was for a quick buck. Yeah. I don't. There's some people out there. They make the money. Okay, they they spend it. They get the flashy car. They get the house, which I don't really care. I and mean, we talked about stories when I slept in my fucking truck and, <laughs> and just traveling, and even for like flashy stuff. I don't. I don't care. I wear the same shirt every single yeah. day. I invest in my cameras, my mics and stuff, but I don't need the flashy stuff. What I like is investing in the team, the vision, maybe paying for them to go to some kind of training because I know – the same mindset as you. I know in the future I want to be ready for what comes so I'm in a better position to just kill it. Yeah. To knock it out of the park. Yeah, and then even if you know, even like, even when stuff does turn, and let's say that you know, both of us, we lose like seventy-five or eighty percent of whatever we have. It's okay because, because I've been there before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one, we've already been there. If you never had and, it before, you know what it's like. And you know, two, we we know where we're going, and these little obstacles don't matter, and it's just it's all part of the fun. And so many you know newer business owners, 
I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe we just have to learn that lesson. Um, but like, if I could just inject that into people, like, just it, it has, it truly has nothing to do with the money. Now, you got to be smart about your processes and yeah. systems, and be, you know, yes, it's business. Like, make sure you are making profit. You know, it's funny how many. Otherwise, like, it's not sustainable. Yeah, I mean, how many companies out there right now, like, it, they're like, hey, I just got one hundred and ten million dollars in funding, and it's funny how. 10 years ago, that was unheard of. And now it's just like, eh, like that sounds normal. Like 110 million. It's, I was thinking about that perspective the other day. Like, it's crazy. Like people are like, oh yeah, 110 million. And then they lose money every month. Like that's, that's not a real business. Uh, there are so many people. And I love this. They're like, I got a seven figure business or eight, whatever. Yeah. There are people that have the seven figure, eight figure business and they may be taking home less than a hundred thousand. Yeah. I have friends who have raised millions of dollars where they couldn't make enough money in their salary. They had to get a side job so they could support. <laughs> it's true stuff. Yeah. So it, we all see the big things that they don't realize. Like even have a six-figure company is a lot. Yeah. Seven-figure, going the next step, it takes a lot. Then you see all the people that are doing hundreds of millions and like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to become the next Grant Cardone, Gary Vaynerchuk, which you can. But just know it's going to take you 10, 15, 20 years yep. Not everybody's going to be the Mark Zuckerberg who had something happen really fast. Yeah. Those are like, what is there? There's not many of them. No. And even he was willing to put in, you know, and he's still putting the the work work and like, yeah, he, you know, and he, you know, who knows? He's intellectually smarter than probably like a lot of all of us combined, (laughs) but he was willing to put in the work and he didn't care about what anybody said. Um, now, you know, I don't, I don't know. That's the biggest thing. What do you, what do you, what do you think about that? I mean, so many entrepreneurs and even people starting out. They care about what the parent, maybe the parents are like, yeah. maybe that's not the right route to go. Or friends are like, oh, why would you do that? Or when you do have a failure, like, oh, how'd that work out for you? When really that failure was just a stepping stone towards yeah. your big win. How, what's your advice to people to ignore that? Yeah, I mean, at some point in your life, you're going to have to learn the lesson of not worrying about what other people think. It took me you probably. <laughs> oh yeah. It took me like eight years and it was extremely stressful. And I didn't realize that that's what I was going through at the time. But when it all clicked and I mean, that, that's relatively recent for me, maybe the last like three years, like I really, really stopped caring about what other people think. And you know, I mean, I see you like, uh, we're about what, 10 years, nine years difference yeah, or something 20, like that. Yeah, so, 10 years, yeah. like I can look back and say like, man, if when I was like 26, when I started a mortgage company, if I just really didn't give a shit at all about what other people thought and knew that I was doing something for a good cause, truly trying to help people and just didn't worry about anything, it it would be, stuff would be a lot different. different. Now, there's a reason why it took me that long to learn that lesson and that's okay. And whatever that is, I'll figure it out later or I just don't really care what it is, (laughs) but I learned it finally. Right. And so just just do it. I mean, <laughs> you you got to do it because otherwise you're not actually you're not doing what you're meant to be doing if you don't do that. Like you're not serving at the highest level and until you get out of your own way and stop worrying about what other people think, you're not doing you. You have to take feedback and there's going to be a lot of bullshit feedback you yeah. get. But then there's some feedback you do got to take into consideration to better yourself. Maybe it's from a customer saying, well, this doesn't seem like mm-hmm. it's right. And some customers, you can never make them happy, but some it's, they're really giving you good feedback. But even for mentors, like I'm getting advice all the time. And sometimes I didn't take it. Sometimes I did. But like you said their day, you're like looking back. If you have a mentor say, Hey, do this, you do it. 
Yeah. You know, like, it, as long, yeah, as long as like pick well, this is a different pick your mentors wisely though, right? Yeah, pick, pick somebody wise. that's so intuitive and gets it. Like somebody that gets you, it's like Brandon, like I see, like I get you and where you're going and I understand the big picture. Yeah. Here is my advice. Which you know, even gave me some great advice earlier. Like that's why I surround myself with people like mm-hmm. you, the mentors, because you've been through it and for everybody listening, you need to find somebody who has been through a lot more battles than you yeah. to to learn so you don't have to go through the same bullshit. I mean, you're going to go through some, but hopefully just not as much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, when the, when the shitty stuff becomes fun, like you kind of know you're on the right path. Yeah. <laughs> when you're like, like we were talking about the other day, you know, like, yeah, like if, if all of this, you know, if this house and everything went away, I'd be like, all right, cool. Like I'll just sleep in the car. Like it doesn't, it doesn't even matter. It, it doesn't. What no. matters is for me, it's, is doing things at a high level that I enjoy that actually makes an impact and is bigger than more than just me, you, everybody. Yeah. So for you talk about mentors who have been mentors for you or just people that you've had in Ooh. your corner to learn from and, and better take on your own endeavors. Yeah. I mean, um, one of, one of the most influential mentors I had was Hal Elrod. He wrote a book called the miracle morning. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, he's, he's got a big following. So a lot of people have probably heard of that book. Um, Hal is, is, was like instrumental in my life as far as, uh, being myself and not worrying about what other people think and kind of this philosophy of I am enough right now, not like, Oh, I will be enough when, you know, when this happens, how was huge, um, John Berghoff, John Broman, they're kind of all in the same circle. They were like all old Cutco guys. They're like, I don't know. I mean, if anybody's watching this, that is, that knows Cutco or is in it, like, I'm sure you probably know those guys. Uh, I was never in that area, but um, those are huge guys, you know, like I mentioned Cameron Harold, his stuff. And I met him a couple years ago and just really started following, uh, you know, you want to talk about scale. He wrote a book called double, double based on what he learned from, uh, businesses even before, uh, 1-800 got junk. Like he, he grew uh, college pro painters before that. And so, I mean, you want, you want to, you want to learn he scale grew that company. Yeah. You want to learn scale, just go follow Cameron Harold. And so now his business is, so he was the second in charge. He was the COO, right? So he was, he, he has a whole program called COO Alliance that is for the second in charge because especially in today's world, in the, in the younger entrepreneur world, like everybody's, you know, it's like CEO, CEO president. I'm like, dude, of yourself, like that's ridiculous. I know. And so, or three people, <laughs> yeah, everybody wants to be the, the, the head person, but what gets missed so much is like, the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh person in the company. A lot of people, a lot of people listening to this and even watching are better off being second, third, fourth, fifth, like, and that's their strength and talent. And they're forcing themselves to be an entrepreneur. So, you know, those second in commands and stuff, oftentimes they make way more money. They have a way better quality of life. I mean, you have to be really fucked up in the head to, to want to be an entrepreneur, like what we're doing. Like it just, you make half the money you think you work double the amount of time. Like, you have to love this part of it. I mean, you know, live to grind. Like yeah. you have to, that's, that's your fuel, not the end result. So, you know, look at what you're, yeah. Think of all this. <laughs> we were talking about, we're talking about Facebook. Think of all the people that are in second, third, or maybe they were right? the hundredth ploy there that are worth, I mean, tens of millions uh-huh. and they're not the CEO that will make more than most big entrepreneurs out there. I love what Gary Vaynerchuk talks about. 
he says that if you're meant to be the second person charged, be that person. Yeah. You don't. Ha- everybody thinks about I want to be the leader. I want to be the CEO. Not everybody's meant for that. Yeah. Do what you're good at doing, and that's why there's some people on my team, and I mentioned your team that they're good. Sometimes they have to step up and be a leader, but they're good at supporting the leader. Mm-hmm. That's what their strength is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, going back to business, like, what do you do for, like, how do you scale? Put those things in place now um, because they will, it, it'll help you tremendously in the future. Like, have everybody know their role and then be really open. Like, as, a, as an owner, get rid of your ego. And because, look, you, you don't know half the stuff that you think you do. <laughs> And, and, you know, I, I'm good at like two things, maybe, maybe one mate, like this is, I'm good at this. Um, and I'm good at like vision, like seeing what's coming next, like seeing around corners. And that's really about it. I'm terrible at operations. I'm terrible at following I suck processes. At logistics. Like, <laughs> processes yeah, like, I don't even know. I, dude, like they, they put, we put together all these processes and like, I'm the one that follows them the least. So I just don't do anything in that area that requires that. Do what you know and what you're good at and your strength. And what you aren't, have somebody come in and do that. Yeah. This whole show has been focused around the fact of your team. And I really believe mm. if you want to grow, it comes down to your team, your tribe, your belief system, and then investing in the future, not trying to be the quick yeah. buck. I've never been for the quick buck because it just – it does – it's no long-term with it. There isn't. Yeah. You have to invest in the future. And I don't know if you're you're looking to scale to sell and – I'm not looking at that. They have books out there that talk about you have to build to sell. I think there's yeah. a book, Built to yeah, Sell. Yeah, Built to Sell. Yeah. But I think you should have the process in place as if you're going to sell. You may not be, but yeah. building something up like it's got the foundation that can actually run without you. Mm-hmm. Sustainability where you can walk away, you can leave for a week, and without you, it'll it'll run. Yeah. Well, and it, it goes back to like what's your goal? Be very clear on why you're doing a business. Like some people – I used to think that because I listened to other people, I used to think that, oh yeah, I want to be able to like leave for a month and go live on a beach or six months and do this and travel. And like, I couldn't kind of started to three do days it. and I feel depressed yeah. after not doing anything. Yeah. And like, it just, it, that's at this point in my life, that wasn't for me. And when I recognized that, I was like, look, I just, I love to work. Um, and maybe next year I'll like something a little bit different and that's okay. But like do whatever you want now and just make sure you're paying attention. Like just because you see all the pictures on Instagram and Facebook of like dudes flying to the my, cash my, and the jets and the stuff oh, that they're renting. Yeah. Like that. It, it drives me nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. So, you know, that even the, cause there's probably a couple people that are doing that for real. Like that's truly what they want. They're doing a great job. Maybe they're helping some people. I don't know, but they, <laughs> maybe they're, yeah, maybe they're not. So, Actually, the the real like I have friends that that's what they do, and that's but they don't talk about it ever. Like you don't even know who they are, and they're running you know fifty million dollar companies, and you've never heard of them, but yet they're you know on an island in Bali, actually relaxing and not making it fake where they're actually making the money. Yeah, and you know it's not about the Facebook fame of look at me live on an island while my company runs itself. So and they're making $2,000 a month and they're living in Ireland. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, dude, I, yeah, I, I could live in Bali for a heck of a lot less than I live here in Colorado. Yeah. Um, so that's not even a feat to go live in another country and say you're making all this money because you're paying like 10 cents for a taco or whatever. Yeah. Cause <laughs> it costs living. I mean, think about it too. And a, a big thing is how much money are you making? How much are you putting out? Yeah. Because you could be bringing in millions of dollars, but if you're spending 
millions more. That doesn't work. Even as a CEO, because in the beginning, building a company, you can't always take the biggest salary. People are like, oh, you're taking in 100, 100, 200. You take the least salary a lot of times. For me, I I look at, I want to take the least amount, I just cover my expenses, Mm -hmm. and then the extra amount I could put back in or self-development for myself. So don't take all the money as if it's going to come in at that level all the time because it's not. You're going to have a spell where that month maybe you don't have any revenue coming yeah. or maybe you have a big like downfall on something. So before we end this show, and I know we, we've probably – you're going to say a few things we already talked about, but what would be your advice? Let's say you're going to die tomorrow. Yeah. You're going to die. All right. And you wanted to give your best advice for maybe a loved one, a family member for growing their own company or business. What is your advice to them so they can exceed or succeed when you're gone? Is know why you're doing it and know what your strengths are. So get really clear on learning who you are and what you're good at. Um, I think Gary Vaynerchuk says it is like, like learn how to do you. Because until you learn how to do you and learn what you're amazing at, you're not going to be able to help anybody and you're going to be miserable anyway. So figure out what you're really good at. I mean, this self-awareness thing, like if, if somebody could figure out how to teach it, they're going to be a billionaire. But be aware of who you are and what drives you and follow that path because the money and stuff will, will come. Um, but yeah, and then and then – the kind of secondary piece of that that a lot of people miss is they're like, Oh, if I just do my passion, like I'm going to be good. Don't forget that you're running a business. <laughs> yeah, like you're actually make money. Yeah. And a business has to be profitable. So pay attention to like the actual functioning part of the business. Like what is your profit margin? So many people don't know you, you, you talked about, yeah, you might be making $5 million a year as a company at a, what, like a 0.5 or a 1% profit margin. I would much rather be running a $500,000 company making, you know, 15, 20, 30% profit at that point. Cause there's no headaches and you actually make revenue. So pay attention to that. And, um, I'll say one thing going back to the mentor thing real quick. Uh, Mike McCallowitz, he wrote this book called profit first. It's Great like, book. have you read it? Yeah. 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 So it's like, Oh, yeah, didn't you <laughs> interview him or like, didn't you? Yeah. Like I remember seeing something about him, but like so simple, right? It's like, what is it? Four or five steps. I don't know. Like, so when we implemented that the first year we implemented that, like two years ago, there was an extra hundred thousand dollars in an account at the end of the year that would have easily just been like, Oh, like, yeah, we, we did a new camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2,300. Yep. It's crazy how quick, because when you got cash coming in and out, sometimes you're wondering where yeah. did it all go? You have mm-hmm. to like make, we do that. We do that. We have X amount has to go here, X yep. amount. And then what's left goes here. And when you do that, you're going to have the money left over. It's like a savings account, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And hide it, get it, get it out of your sight. <laughs> so I wanted the self-awareness. I like how you said there, and I think it, it takes a lot of self-development, going to events, reading mm-hmm. books and just realizing like, what do you really want? And when you ask the core of that and Jay bear, and we were talking about mm-hmm. adding value and doing stuff and in return, people come to you. He said at the end of the show, when he came on, he said, ask yourself, why? Why am I doing this? And ask it about seven times. So why do you want to do that? Why? When you get to the core and you really figure out why you want to do it, once you know your why, that makes it so much easier for where you're going. And then the money does obviously come. Yeah. So self-awareness and then the mentors too, like finding people, just being surrounded by you. And this in the last five days, the people I've talked with just to learn from and, and 
hang around you are the average of the five people you hang out with. If you have the friends that are trying to bring you down or maybe they're just doing things at a different level, maybe you got to take a look around who you're surrounding yourself with mm-hmm. because that does affect your own self, your own stuff. So where can people, if somebody wanted to hire you to, to, for your business, for getting SEO or anything marketing, where could they find you? Awesome. Um, you can go to the website, sequest.com, S E E Q U S.com, or you can email me, Stephen, S T E P H E N, at sequest.com. And here's him selling because he doesn't actually sell. He's like, yeah, okay. I know. I'm like, I'm like, look, you asked me how people can connect. And I saw a couple of people like on one of the lives yeah. that asked, like, how do we connect? So, um, yeah, but no call to action. No. <laughs> well, I'll do it for you. So, for all you listening, I've known him here for like a year and a half. He definitely knows his stuff. Highly suggest you contact him. We'll put everything on the notes. And as always, one thing, create a tribe. Build something that will last, not the quick buck. But also, go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable. Because life is too short not to. I'm Bernie C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone. I had a lot of fun sitting down with Steven and uh, just going over everything that he's experienced for building a tribe, a community, and actually how to scale a company. Go to the notes at livedegrand.com. You can check out the actually video version recorded this and also everything else that we talked about on the show. And uh, just check out what he's doing. If you are in the service industry, if you're a plumber or maybe a chiropractor and you're looking to get SEO, more ads, and traction for your business, you need to contact Steven. He knows his stuff. He's doing all the things at the right level. And based on what he shared with me, he's the best in the industry of what he does. And he's growing. It's it's nothing but up from here. So check out everything he's got going on. Check out his stuff. But go to livetogrind.com and uh, check out the notes there. And that's it. I hope you enjoyed this show. I hope you're following. I hope you're uh, sharing this stuff out and telling your friends because the more people that sees or listens to this show, the more people we can impact, the more people we can help. And it, it starts with you. You have literally built the foundation that we have today, you the listeners. But the more people you tell, the more people we can help. I'm getting stories and, and people reaching out every single day and saying, hey, Brendan, this show helped me or this short little episode you did really helped me with my day and gave me the insight I needed. Or another thing too, my daily text I do, if you're not signed up for that, please do text my name, Brandon, to the number 313131. And you'll get a daily text from me, motivational text, which people are loving that. It comes out every day. It's free. Um, So you can stay updated and get some motivation for the day. So that's it. That's all I got. I uh, hope you enjoy the show. And until next time, y'all, it is time to go out there Create something great and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brandon C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone.